Welcome to The Rework with Allison Tyler-Jones, a podcast dedicated to inspiring portrait photographers to uniquely brand, profitably price, and confidently sell their best work. Allison has been doing just that for the last 15 years, and she's proven that it's possible to create unforgettable art and run a portrait business that supports your family and your dreams. All it takes is a little rework. Episodes will include interviews with experts from in and outside of the photo industry, mini workshops, and behind-the-scenes secrets that Allison uses in her portrait studio every single day. She will challenge your thinking and inspire your confidence to create a profitable, sustainable portrait business you love through continually refining and reworking your business. Let's do the rework. Hi, friends, and welcome back to The Rework. Some of the best ideas that I've had for my business have been gleaned from other industries, whether it's luxury cars, luxury clothing. There's just been so much inspiration that has come from outside of our industry. And so I wanted to bring in my darling daughter-in-law, Carissa Campbell-Jones, who works in marketing now and spent several years working in marketing for Ferrari North America. I think she has some great insights that you're going to love. So let's do it. Pull out your notebooks, pull out your pens. You're going to want to take some notes on this one and spend some time pondering how you can make your portrait studio into a luxury brand based on what Ferrari knows about luxury branding. Let's do it. I... I'm so excited to have a brand new guest on the Rework podcast today, somebody who is near and dear to my heart and very special to me, and this is my brandly newest daughter-in-law, Miss Carissa Campbell-Jones. Welcome, Carissa. Hello. Thank you for having me, mother-in-law. <laughs> <laughs> I know. She smiles. I'm so glad that you're here, and I appreciate your expertise. So, Carissa, tell our listeners... Can you give them an idea about what your degree was, what work you've been doing, what your work you're doing now? So I went to UC San Diego and studied communications there. I do marketing for work now, and I got my experience not necessarily from college, but (laughs) really from interning and working my way up into really deciding what type of marketing I enjoyed So that led me to a position as marketing manager at a Ferrari dealership. And I spent about three years doing all sorts of digital marketing, events management, email marketing, social media planning, all sorts of really cool, exciting things. And after leaving the dealership, I now currently just focus strictly on all digital marketing efforts. I love that. And you're doing that for a medical company. Yeah. So a total 180 of the type of industry. I went from the Ferrari dealership and now I'm in healthcare. I love it. Okay. So what I wanted to talk with you about is that you've helped me do some marketing for my business. And we've talked a lot about how we want to do that. And what I find interesting is that you understand my business really well because of your experience at Ferrari. That luxury brand is was just baked into you. So tell about that. Like when you first started there, you probably didn't know a ton about cars. So how were you indoctrinated into the Ferrari? Like what was the Kool-Aid drinking process like? <laughs> 
Lots of Kool-Aid. I was never a car person. I still don't really even consider myself a car person, but when I worked there, it's hard not to, first of all, love the product that you're marketing and selling. It's truly a, a really well done brand. I think what I learned the most was how not to market to mm. that specific clientele. So something interesting about Ferrari is you will never see a commercial on TV about Ferrari. You might see a Ferrari in a TV commercial, but you'll never see the brand promoting themselves on that platform. And there's a reason for that. Their clientele aren't watching TV. They're not okay. sitting down on the couch waiting for that commercial to come on. That's not what convinces their clients. And that's also, they don't need to be uh, promoting themselves to the general public. They pick and choose their clients if they don't, they have basically a rap sheet. They pay attention to that and they really know their clients and how to reach them. Okay, so say more about the rap sheet. What does that mean? They basically have a specific clientele that they look for and they have to cross off certain boxes. Okay. So they're not going to waste their time on somebody who they already know. Maybe, you know, you are a millionaire, but what kind of millionaire are you? They pay attention to that. And there are different layers to certain cars that you qualify for. So if they don't want you to have a car, you won't get one. Um, they okay, I, really need, I have to know more. <laughs> we haven't talked about this before this podcast. So I'm like, oh, I'm, he I'm hearing this just the same way as all of the listeners are hearing it. So what does that look like? I know there's probably proprietary things that you can't say, and I don't want you to share that, anything that you shouldn't. But what does that look like? So what I'm hearing you say is it sounds like when somebody walks in the door to a Ferrari dealership, is that really how most people come into contact with Ferrari? How do their best clients or their ideal clients typically start with the brand? So there are two layers to this. If you want to order a brand new car that has not hit the market yet, you're talking about pre-ordering. That's when they're extremely selective. Okay. So in order to pre-order a brand new Ferrari, you have to have owned a certain number of cars for a certain timeline. A certain number of Ferraris? A certain number of Ferraris okay. specifically. They want to know how often you engage with their brand. And that basically qualifies you to be able to order vehicles. So if, if I won the lottery yesterday and I wanted to order their newest, latest, greatest car that they just announced, their, the newest Ferrari, I wouldn't be able to get one. I have to prove a certain number of ownership years or okay. however. I mean, it could have changed by now since it's been a few years since I've been there. But that's typically like how two. They do You've it. only been out for two yeah. years. So it's. I'm pretty sure we're <laughs> it, still, sure we have still relevant info. But they do that. On, for a reason and you know when you order a new car from them they want you to keep the brand as they intended it so you won't be able to order a pink ferrari from okay. the factory if you want pink you get it wrapped after the fact and they don't really like you doing that anyway yeah. and that might that might go on your rap sheet it might hurt you in the end yes yeah <laughs> exactly. you might not that might prevent you that's interesting so really it's very comparable in what photographers do in that we don't want if we are our studio is based in finished product mm -hmm. we don't want selling digital files because we don't want somebody putting some brown filter on it mm -hmm. doing the diy like we want to deliver the finished product in the way that we think it's best and the way that it should be best displayed so that's similar interesting okay love that so if you can never order a new ferrari 
what you buy used ones and show that you took exactly. really good care of them and you promise to always uh, yes. care so and love for them? How you start off is you go, you sure, walk into a Ferrari dealership and you say, I want to buy this used Ferrari. And from there, you I mean, and it depends on the type of vehicle that they're releasing as well. They would never consider any of their Ferraris entry level. They would never say that. They're right. all high-end luxury vehicles. I mean, there are even certain types of Ferraris that they want to know you've owned. So okay. they might want to see you've owned a Testarossa back in the 80s. Right. They want to see that you've gone to a dealership and either leased or purchased a Testarossa at one point. So it, it just depends on the type of Ferrari. But yeah, sure, you can walk into a dealership and purchase or lease a used one. Mm -hmm. And that's what the purpose of the dealerships are on the regular day to day. You can order a new car, assuming you've proved certain things. So it is okay. available. It just takes time. <laughs> so there's different ways to interact. Right. With people. Right. Okay. And so back to the commercial, just because you don't see the marketing doesn't mean it's not happening. They are very into the experience side of marketing. So a lot of my jobs surrounded events and current clients trying to keep them continuing to come back to our particular dealership. We don't want them purchasing from a third-party vendor. Right. That doesn't count towards their oh, cars. Oh, that, that goes against your update. So if they buy it from like some... It has to be through authorized Ferrari dealership. Okay. And there are a lot of perks to that. When you buy through the dealership, you get the marketing emails. You know what's going on. You get to be part of the come see this new Ferrari launch in our dealership first. So there are, there are definitely perks to doing it that way. Hermes is really similar with the Birkin yeah. bags. They don't You don't see them advertising for that no. in a Google advertisement. Right. You have to be in the know. Right. And you mentioned something the other day when we were talking about something that we were thinking about doing for the, the studio is you said, oh, it's kind of like the people that bought the Ferraris at auctions and then they come in and want to have them service at the dealership that they end up being like such a pain. Mm -hmm. So say right. more about that. So you can purchase a Ferrari or any luxury vehicle at auction. That's an easy way to be able to afford one if you really want one and you can't get one from a dealership or you don't want to spend as much as mm -hmm. you would at a dealership. But the issue that we saw a lot was we had clients buying their cars for really cheap at auction and then coming in to get those luxury vehicles serviced and could not afford the maintenance. Right. And that just causes us, I mean, that really it just causes you problems in the long run. Mm -hmm. Sure, you have it, but if you can't maintain it, then you're not doing yourself or the luxury item you just spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on any justice. Right. So what makes it worth it in your mind when you were working at that dealership to your ideal client, you know, that marketing that's going out there, what makes it worth somebody not buying an auction and coming in and buying a used Ferrari at the dealership? The experience altogether. Ferrari, if you work for them, you go to training. It's Ferrari North America if you're here. So that's what I did. They're over in um, New Jersey. And you spend weeks leading up to your completion of training. And they teach you all about that. We do secret shopping as an experience for that. So we learn what our competitors are doing and how their experience is better or worse than our experience and what we offer. So I would say you can 
I think establishing that relationship with the client and salesperson, knowing that you have somebody to go back to, let's say your goal is to be one of Ferrari's top clients. You want to know how to do that. You're going to have to go to the dealership and have a good relationship with them. So from the the get go, let's just say, um, because you were on the inside of this, I am brand new to Ferrari and I love him. I have always loved him and just want to buy one. So I come into the dealership. How is that experience different than another regular car buying experience? You know, because I think like a regular car buying experience, you go in, there's usually five guys standing around smoking cigarettes, <laughs> leaning against the wall. And then, you know, one of them will come, hey, sure. what you doing? I think that the sales, because of the training and this is just an internal perspective. I also can't afford a Ferrari. Yeah, neither can <laughs> Not I. Not in that realm. But I think the salesmen hold themselves to a higher um, tier. And they know the type of clients that they're dealing with. And these clients expect a certain level of care yeah. while they're with us. And we have to match those levels. You can, I mean, there are a lot of clients who hate their local dealership, but that's the dealership you're expected to go to. Right. And so really this, I mean, I've seen so many salespeople try to repair those relationships because it's essential yeah. to move forward. So I mean, sure, you can go to a third party unauthorized Ferrari dealership and just buy a car and never hear from that salesman again. Or you can, you know, have a relationship directly and learn, work your way up from the inside. I think it's so interesting because you never think of, usually when somebody's selling something, we're always thinking, okay, how can I get somebody to buy this? How can I get the client to love me and love what I want to sell? And you know, how can I sell it? And it's almost, it's definitely a reverse sell is what you're describing. Is that it's like, well, maybe you're worthy to buy this <laughs> sure. vehicle. I mean, I'm sure that if somebody walks in with enough money to buy that used Ferrari, they're going to sell it to whoever. Of course. You know, because they, they want to make the bills to pay. Wants to dealership. make the sale. Yeah. That of dealership course. in San Diego, that rent wasn't free, you know. <laughs> right. Yeah. So of course they're going to sell it. But there's tiers to engagement with or how much you can get. Because with the Ferrari, a brand new one, that's like a custom job, mm -hmm. right? Right. In a way. Mm -hmm. So it it's, there's a whole lot more that goes into the brand new Right. And there are timelines. You could be, let's say you qualify to get a pre-order. You could be waiting up to two years to actually see, ever see that. Because it has to be built. And, but that's, you're paying for that. They know yeah. that. Ferrari is worth that. Yeah. And they know it. They really rely on that because they don't spend all this money on commercials and Google advertisements. They rely on the brand holding its own. Okay. But they have to, and they have to keep the brand, the integrity of that. Yes, and so absolutely. what were some things in your training or that you saw in a day-to-day -day job that you felt like people got, maybe got busted on for like not maintaining the brand or like what are the things that maintain that brand integrity according to Ferrari? Sure, so actually Ferrari will require you, if you want to attend an event, you have to get approval from Ferrari North America or the actual Ferrari in Marinello, depending on the size of the event. So. If I wanted to run an advertisement, it has to be a pre-approved Ferrari 
advertisement and let's say I say advertisement let's say it's for an event and they're doing a booklet like the Ferrari car show we might get approval on something like that to this have is the dealership has to right, submit the okay. dealership specific like if I wanted to host an event I would have to send them my concept my budget and have a person attend that event from Ferrari North America to ensure that guidelines were being kept in the training. Like no paper plates. Like what are we talking about? Exactly. No, absolutely. Really? No, <laughs> that was a joke. No, it's not a joke to them. <laughs> you have no paper plates, no plastic wear. I have somewhere. I'm sure I saved um, all the do nots. That's why I'm saying I learned more of how not to market. Okay, to this but right. That, <laughs> and that's and we need that. Things. That's why we're here. Basically, I think what it really comes down to is in generally speaking, if you have a luxury brand, you don't want to run campaigns that diminish your brand. You don't mm-hmm. want to run it on platforms that don't align with your brand. Mm-hmm. And don't run ads to clients that you don't want. Say that one more time. Do not run ads to clients you don't want. Okay. If your clients are, you know, Ferrari is not advertising on Facebook. Okay, so just keep that in mind. Where are the clients that I want? What are they doing? How do I reach them? And it's not just throwing money at any ad because you're worried you don't have a lot of leads. It's okay to be exclusive. And you need to be exclusive if you want to attract a certain clientele. That's what, I mean, that's the Ferrari is exclusive. It's rare. And that's the whole point of the draw to it for new clients that want to move up, you know. So what were some of the ways that Ferrari did market like you're saying some of the things that they didn't do so events Mm -hmm. having like a a beautiful event like a beautiful experience I know you did a lot of that a lot of co-branding as well with like-minded brands Vuv was one that they have partnered with when champagne yes champagne with Maserati for example it was a Ferrari Maserati dealership together so Ferrari and Maserati events, even in and of themselves, are very different. And a Maserati event, a co-branding event I did was with Mastercraft Boats. And so Mm -hmm. we invited their like-minded clients to, and our like-minded clients. So we would get, we met at the dealership, we drove Maseratis to the boat dock. Then we got on a Mastercraft boat, took our clients out for a day on the lake, and then drove back in the Maserati. So they got to actually experience what both products were like without really having to sell them anything. They're mm-hmm. getting to see that for themselves. So that was really huge. And then just similar, I mean, like uh, the La Jolla Concours car show. That's a really big one for the local dealership. It's something that Ferrari realizes is essential. Monterey Car Week. That's another big one. Ferrari North America handles that for us. So it's more of getting eyes in front of the clients at events. That's a really huge way. And it's a little way to show off too. You know, you want to show the latest and greatest and you should. If you're a portrait photographer, you know the next few months are going to be crazy. This is our busy season. And how to make the most of that busy season is to make sure that our client communication is in order, that we are not having clients showing up with the wrong clothing, that we are not having clients shocked in our sales appointments by our pricing and needing to go home and measure or going home and asking their husband and then sales burning down and our clients not getting what they need and we not being able to build a sustainable business. So how 
are we going to make sure that this season is the most successful that it possibly can be? Well, it starts by getting on the same page with your client so that nothing is left to chance. And how I've done this is that I've spent the last 13 years revising my own internal consultation form, which by the way, you can download the consultation form that I use in my business absolutely free. But I realized after tweaking that form for about 13 years that I needed something more. And it wasn't just a pretty brochure and it wasn't a price list with no context because we all know you can send a price list to somebody and they're still shocked by the price because they never looked at it or they have no idea what those prices even mean. It's happened to all of us. What I realized is I needed a single printed piece for my client to take away with them that would leave nothing to chance and that it would allow me to educate my clients about the price range of my products. It would help them to understand what we would and wouldn't be shooting for during their portrait session, like actually creating a game plan for what is it that we're actually going to be shooting for and let's prioritize that. And then also something that would allow the clients to feel confident about selecting the clothing for their session and a printed piece that would allow them to share with their spouse and be able to put together the game plan for their session. So I needed it to be part brochure, part getting ready guide, part last minute checklist, and part consultation form because my consultation form was internal. I was keeping that form, but I wanted this printed piece to go with my clients and I wanted it to be sexy and good looking and that they felt completely and totally cared for. So I wanted all of this in a single booklet that the client would take with them at the end of their consultation. Now I've been using this, I created it about five years ago. It's called the ATJ Game Plan Booklet. And I started off by using it in my studio and I've been revising it for the last five years. And now for the first time ever, I'm offering it to the Rework community to use in your portrait studio. So what's included in that? In this course, it's a little mini course, not a big long course. There's a video lesson with me on how to use the game plan booklet in your consultation. You will also have a video recording of an actual client consultation with me and a, and a client using the booklet in real time. And then you will have layered PSD files of the game plan booklet that we use in our studio every day, as well as a PDF version of the latest and greatest ATJ consultation form. So all of that is included for just a one-time payment of $2.95. Just $2.95 to completely change the way that you interact with your clients, the information that they have, how taken care of they feel by making things transparent to them, putting together the game plan for the session so that everybody's on the same page. We all know what we're shooting for. We know how much it's going to cost. They know what to wear. Everybody's on the same page. This is the document. This is the booklet that has changed my business. And I want you to have it too, if it works for you. So go to do the rework.com forward slash game plan. That's do the rework.com forward slash game plan and download that booklet and start using it in your business this busy season. I know that the game plan booklet will be a game changer for your business. The thing that I love about what you just said is being selective as the brand that you don't want to put things out there to attract you don't want to be fishing with the wrong bait, basically. Mm-hmm, right. And it doesn't mean that we think 
Well, I mean, maybe in Ferrari world, they do think, but you know, it's like, we're not trying to exclude necessarily. What we want is that people who would live and die for the brand, right? Who really totally completely appreciate the Ferrari. So like the lottery winner, right? Mm -hmm. There might be a lottery winner who has always wanted a Ferrari forever. And they're willing to now go through the process Mm -hmm. to buy the used, to interact with it, to not paint it pink, you know, to do all the things to where they can eventually get the one that they want. And they're willing right. to go through that process because it means that much to them to have that brand in their life and to interact with it in the way that Ferrari has set up the story, the brand, all of that. Mm-hmm. And so it's, I think it's no different to our business in that, okay, what we really truly believe in is that you should have these images on your wall. Mm-hmm. They should be presented in this way. Yep. Um, and we really only want clients who are convinced of the value of that. Exactly. And if you're not convinced of the value, then you're wasting your money and time. Right. Even interacting with our business. You know, so do you see parallels with that with the portrait world? Definitely. I also think too, so generally speaking, outside of a luxury brand, a good marketer will not sell you the product. They're going to sell you a solution to a problem that leads you to their product, right? Right. When you're working with a luxury brand, I don't necessarily think that's always the case because of what you just said. Luxury, the word in and of itself explains that. It's to enhance their life. You're not helping them solve a problem. You're... And with the dealership, you're really helping them realize a dream. Yes. And they have achieved this level in their life where they are afforded luxury items as something to enhance their life. Not necessarily that you're solving a problem of helping them spend their money, maybe. Yeah. But it's a really important difference to make that you don't have to be shoving this idea of your product is the best down their throat all the time. They should be able to see that and seek you out. Absolutely. On their own. Yeah. I absolutely love that. And I feel like the further I go along that really it is painting a vision of the dream. And this is the dream. Mm-hmm. Right. So Ferrari, the dream is you driving around looking like Christy Brinkley and, you know, va- <laughs> <laughs> National Lampoon's vacation in this beautiful car for my clients or what I want my clients to have is I want them to have the best, like my highest and best use of my talent and ability to light their family, photograph their family, but also to get their family to interact, have expression that is like unique to their personality and have that interpreted in an artful way so that it is the art in their home. Right. And so they don't need me because they Mm -hmm. have an iPhone. They can get the, like you can get from point A to point B on a bike. You don't need a Ferrari, (laughs) right? You know, and so, so you don't need that. It isn't really solving a problem, Mm -hmm. you know, for portrait photographers. I think we've always heard like, oh, it's freezing time or it's memories, which all of that is true, but mm-hmm. going to the next level, in my mind, the dream is, wouldn't it be so cool if you could hang your family picture next to a piece of art that you bought from a museum? Right. And not feel like, okay, I'm embarrassed by that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Sure. Yeah. And that it's been framed to perfection. It's been created for specifically for that space in your home. And that every time you walk past it, you not only love your family, but you love your home and how it looks. Exactly. Yes, I agree with that. I think too, it's when you think that vision you just painted, there's a reason that you're not doing advertising to college age kids, right? Yeah, (laughs) you know better. They don't appreciate that. And I think it takes a, it takes time to 
If you're just newly starting out, it can take time to find that, but you should have a vision. If you're going to be spending money on marketing, you need a vision of who your clientele is and what you want your brand to look like before you spend any money. Mm-hmm. Don't waste your time on advertisements if you don't know the answers to who are my clients, what is my ideal client, and where are they? Just save it. Save your money until you get it right. And how do you find that out? How do you suggest finding that out? That's a good question. I mean, if you found your clientele and found the right, I know it took years for you to build up to where you are as well, but you had the vision. Well, and I think your ideal client can morph, right? Right. When you're very first starting and you don't really know your business very well, or maybe you don't know your craft very well, and you're at a certain price point and you're, you know, maybe working out of your car or Mm -hmm. you don't have a, there's just different stages of business. My goal has kind of always been that this year's high-end clients will be next year's mid-range clients. You know, like, I mean, (laughs) not really in a year, but you know, over time you get better and better at what you're doing Mm -hmm. and you get better and better at not necessarily the craft, but better and better at taking care of the client. Like Mm -hmm. what are new ways that we can spoil them? What are new problems that we can solve for them? Mm -hmm. What are new dreams that we can create for them? And for me, I've gone through that trajectory of like the young mother Mm -hmm. or the mother of the senior in high school Mm -hmm. to the older mom to now the multi-gen grandma who is like my grandkids are everything and money is no object like (laughs) right you know forget those kids we just love the grandkids and you'll eventually get to a point for client retention yeah and that's where the bulk of my focus was on client retention and I loved it that was the most part of my job and I still to this day have the most fond memories of all the clients and I mean, sure, they can go hash it out with the sales guy on yeah. how much they want to spend. But the marketing side of it, they just get to come experience the true nature of the car. And that's really what brings them back. Sure, maybe they don't want to spend half a million dollars on a car, but they do it because all these other experiences get to come with it. That helps them build memories with yeah. the vehicle and want to come back to the same brand. And so what were those, what were some of those experiences? We would go to racetracks Mm -hmm. and one of my most fond memories is driving from San Diego up to Sonoma and staying at a resort for three days up there and getting track time for two of those days with client dinners in the evening, a brunch in the morning. I mean, it's not just one event. There's many events later. You might do a dinner on one night, but this was a full weekend Mm. of very cool activities. And that is something that just you're not going to get that at a third party right. vendor if you bought so the car. So it's kind of like you're in the club. And you're in the club. Yeah. Of course. You're yes. coming and there and, and there are other Ferrari owners and you can talk about mm-hmm. your cars and your passion and the things that you like. sell your car too. It's kind of a show off thing as well. Yeah. You know, we yeah. do our cars. It's called a cars and coffee. And that's when all the owners will come out and show off to each other yeah. and make friendships and connections. And that helps too. You yeah. know, when you have clients that love your work and they're going to tell people about it. That helps you too. Yeah, I love that. I have one of my clients, he had some friends and they were all Ferrari owners and they made a crest and it was like, they called themselves the Fat Boys Ferraris Club. <laughs> Somebody, and so none of them were fat, which is hilarious. <laughs> but anyway, I don't know why that, that sticks in my mind. But So how could you apply that? Because obviously most of us are not having a half a million to a million dollars on a job for mm-hmm. a client, mm-hmm. would that it were. So how do you translate that into something kind of more like, what as a portrait photographer, how would you see that translated that concept of experience and memory? Having 
a great experience in the studio and making sure that your clients look forward to, I mean, picture taking family portraits can be stressful. We just did that in July and finding the outfits and for the women in particular, getting your nails done, hair done. There's so many stressful things leading up to that moment that when they walk in the door, you should expect them to feel that weight lifted off their shoulders and that you are going to take it from here and it's going to be perfect. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really important to curate that and not have it, not have a puddle on the floor when they walk in, not have the equipment ready, have it be something that they are like, wow, that couldn't have gone smoother. I was so stressed. I had nothing to stress about. That yeah. was so easy. I think really harping on the experience. If you can't get them outside of the studio, if you can't afford a marketing budget, which it's okay if you can't, just find other creative ways to make an impact. Right, to make the experience. Because in my opinion, everything is marketing. Mm-hmm. The experience, every interaction the client has with you is marketing in one way or another. And speaking of our last family portrait session, which was in the summer, one of the things that Stacy did, because Stacy photographed it because I had to be in it, unfortunately. (laughs) Not unfortunately that Stacy was photographing, unfortunate that I had to be in it. But what happened is our daughter and her wife wanted to announce that they were pregnant with twins. And nobody knew, but they let Stacy know. And so I had posed everybody. We set everybody up to get everybody in the picture. And I don't know how many of us are. There are like 30 people now or like whatever. 30, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I had posed everybody. I went and jumped in. And then Stacy was saying, okay, everybody look over here. And then she was saying the normal things like say funny things, you know, uh-huh. say gumballs or I don't know right. what she was saying. And so we're saying it. And I'm just worried about like, is this good? Did I pose everybody right or whatever? And then she's like, okay, everybody look over here and say, Brecken and Haley are pregnant with twins and then everybody just totally freaked out and that was the first time I have ever had the experience of having an experience that had been curated for For me in my own business and it was really like I'll always remember that like we're always going to remember in our family that Haley and Brecken announced their babies during our family photo shoot yes and those I've seen a sneak peek of everyone's reactions during that and I think we all felt the same way yeah like not only excited but looking back on it you're so right. And she did a great job at upholding not only the level of secrecy that she had to get through from you, but she just executed it so well. And even if it weren't family, you know, Stacey is essentially family. There's still a level of professionalism that she upheld. And that's great. Even if it's not you, if it's someone that works for you, they still have to meet you at your level. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So other experiences that I can think of just when you were talking about that driving up to Sonoma and all of that, those of us who work on location, how can we make it? Let's try to schedule it on days where the weather's halfway decent and bringing water Mm -hmm. and thinking ahead of every possible thing that could go wrong and trying to smooth over the rough places, making the consultative selling ahead of time so that they feel really confident in what their clothes are, that Mm -hmm. you've approved all that stuff, you've looked at it. And so they walk in feeling like, okay, the clothes are good, everything's fine. And then how can we just help them have a good time? I think for us, we have, as portrait photographers, we have such a unique opportunity Mm -hmm. in that people mostly are thinking it's going to be hard and horrible Mm -hmm. because that's how it's been every time they were growing up and how it's (laughs) been with usually their husbands that they're dragging them out to the golf course and 
to take the pictures and it's hot and they're Those in Those are my strongest childhood memories, going to JCPenney and fighting every step of the way yes. <laughs> to go to that portrait uh, studio. And I remember my brothers arguing about what ties they had to wear and I totally get it. Yeah, I think it a was, lot of people can relate to that. Yeah. Well, and like, what do people say? Oh, you know, oh, that's such a, your family's so cute. Yeah. Well, we look like we love each other, but we were ready to kill each other. We were on the verge of <laughs> right. divorce, you know? And so letting them know that, okay, this is going to be stressful, but then you actually make it not just not bad, mm-hmm. but you make it good above and beyond. Th- to be able to turn something around that they thought was going to be bad. That is a huge win. Yeah. And thinking the prep work is really important. And you and I have talked about what can we give them after their consultation that will excite them to come back? If you can take an experience that somebody is dreading. So I guess in the Ferrari world, it'd be like, if you didn't know, maybe you would feel like, I'm going to go in there and they're going to do pretty woman on me. Like, you know, <laughs> sure. Uh, we don't have anything in your size, yeah. you know? <laughs> um, so that's probably what people are feeling like, okay, I'm not cool enough to shop in here. And then they go in and somebody totally takes care of them or whatever. But right. then it's, yeah. they still realize like you got to earn. Of course. Right. And you know, you have the espresso machine ready. You have water. The receptionist is kind and greeting them immediately upon arrival. Also gorgeous. Not, probably. Yes, yeah. definitely. <laughs> no, um, no frumpy receptionist right. for our yeah. exactly if they need the restroom walking them in that direction not just pointing and say good luck see you over there if they need to go see a service advisor walking them to that person so really i mean not necessarily babysitting but making them feel important yeah, is those crucial are, those are all free things exactly it costs no money right to just take the extra step to be kind and to just know that they are on your radar. It's not just exactly, you know, there's some guy out in the back lot looking at the Testarossa, you know, and that is, and then exactly they're like, what you want to avoid. <laughs> Looky Lou, aisle nine. That didn't happen. I'm assuming. Uh, we get looky loos, but we're always kind. You but know? you weren't, I wasn't over, you know what I'm talking about? Like over the microphone. No. You know? Carissa. No, yes. Okay. So, well, I love it. I think you've given us something to really think about and something to compare our industry to. I want to just go back to and wrap it up with don't advertise to attract people you don't want and then know who your ideal client is and where they are before you spend a dime. Right. And that is like don't advertise in ways that your clients are not going to be interacting with. Right. And then what were the other things? So the main takeaways, don't run campaigns that diminish your brand. And don't run ads to clients that you don't want. Don't run ads on places your clients are not. Your ideal client. Your ideal yeah. client mm-hmm. and exclusive. Those, I would say, are the four main takeaways in keeping those in mind when you are thinking of marketing efforts. If you want to try something new, answer those four questions first before you spend money, before you sign up for right. an do event. Do I know who my, do I really know who I'm advertising mm-hmm. to? Yeah. Do I really know where they are and what they value? But also to go back to that being exclusive, it is okay to be exclusive because we are, by definition, most of us are solopreneurs. We are the only photographer. Mm-hmm. By definition, we're exclusive because you cannot shoot everybody, even in your right. you know, little town if you're in a... St- right. So you have to protect the asset of what it is that you're doing. Ferrari can't build a car for everybody in the world. Exactly. Limiting your pool makes it easier on you in the long run too. To your point earlier, not being exclusive to be mean. Right. You're being exclusive 
because it helps you too. Instead of trying to target everyone, which is impossible to do, right. pick an audience and create your campaigns around them. Make your life easier and it will attract the right clients for your business. And as you build that clientele, treat them like the gold that they are yes. and give all the attention to the people that have already come to you. So that's the other right. thing I think is interesting right. with Ferrari. You can't get the most desirable thing unless you have proven some, some that loyalty you're to right. The brand. And so like, isn't that great? Like what everybody else flips that on the head. They're mm-hmm. always going after the new, mm-hmm. the deals and all the special things are being given to all the new clients, but the luxury brand is the opposite. Sure. And you want, your clients to come back. Client retention is huge. And that goes back to what experience are you giving them? Don't, I mean, this sounds harsh, but don't promise something that you're not going to keep because they're going to talk about it. Whether you do a great job or not, they are going to mention it. Make sure that you can't give your clients the best experience they deserve. Right. And I, I know I had an experience with this one. I realized at one point when a light bulb that went on for me was I realized when I was in the 12th revision on a holiday card for a client that only bought holiday cards because I let them do that at that at this time, you know, years ago, I realized she'd only bought holiday cards. So I'd killed myself to do the session to help her do all the things. And we're like 12th, 13th, 14th revision, you know, and then I realized that I was pushing off my number one client mm. who had spent $60,000 with me that year. I kept ignoring her emails because this client was killing me. She was like the auction yeah. winner it, of the yeah. Ferrari that wanted, that right. couldn't afford the the actual service and so kept trying to get it down and cheaper and was just like killing me. And then I realized, okay, I can't do this level of service for people that don't appreciate it and aren't willing to invest in it. It's just not, and it's not fair to my clients who are willing to and get me and are nice and easy, but I'm shoving them off because I'm dealing with, there's only one you and your time is valuable. So keep that in mind. Yep. So in, in our business, we are very much the, we're the Ferrari, we're the asset. So you have to protect it and you have to, you're providing the luxury item here to your clients. Love that. Okay. Well, I appreciate all of your insight and value. Is there anything else you want to leave anybody with as you're heading off into the sunset (laughs) to go to Hawaii? No, I just appreciate being able to share some thoughts with you and hopefully I get to come back. Oh, you'll be back. (laughs) Thank you so much. Love you. You can find more great resources from Allison at dotherework.com and on Instagram at do.the.rework.com. 